welcome back to the Kentucky Kernels of Truth. We are your Kentucky hunters of the weird, wild, and true crime. I am Kate Denny. Yes, I was a teenager in the early 90s far. I'm a cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) And on a steel horse I ride. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm Wes Brown. <laughs> <Da-na-na-na-na>. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to be a cowboy. Mm. Oh my God. Because I couldn't make it as a punker. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Kevin Farr. You were not a teenager in the early 90s. Nope. I was not. Well, that's because you're a cradle robber. Yep. That I am. <laughs> mm. Oh, it's been a week, hasn't it? Yeah. Just a tiresome, tiresome week. Full, well, for me, of tiresome, tiresome people, but, you know. But the weather's been nice. Yes, it has, it actually. It has been gorgeous. I've actually had the AC off and the doors and windows open. Yep. Mm. Got to watch Jean Valjean, Kitten 24601, though, because if the door is open, he thinks he gets to go outside. Oh. And he bum rushes the door now. He's fast. Oh, my God. Hmm. So we're going to have to try a... a kitten harness and leash on him he'll probably turn into civil disobedience kitten and be like no i'm not doing this but you know he might go for it if he gets to go outside but you know no he cannot be going outside on his own because no uh-uh he can fit through the gaps in the fencing because yeah. he's still pretty little yeah but you know though he he gets jealous because vashta can go outside mm. <laughs> Vosh is not going through the gate either. Vosh yeah, is not going anywhere. Vosh barely, <laughs> barely goes off the porch. Right. Vosh just looks at us like, no, I'm not going off the porch, but I'm going to sit here and be like, ooh, that's mint. Oh, yeah. I'm going to mm. smell that and roll oh. around and, oh, God, he yes. Likes, he likes to show us his, uh, his concept of duality by the black cat laying on the white chair. There you go. Oh, man. I know. It's been, like I said, it's just been one of them weeks. It has. It really has. I mean, I came home from work on Friday because, and we were going to go, we were going to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on Friday. And then we were all like, no, we are too tired. It's not happening. Right. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, Kevin, I'm just, I'm just going to go and have a little lie down before dinner. Just put my feet up. Just wake me up for dinner. Okay, no problem. And he comes in. And he's trying to wake me up. He's like, Kate, 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 huh? What? What? Dinner's ready. And I have no idea what in the hell I said, but I must have looked like I was completely drugged out of hmm. my mind. Hmm. She did. And she looked totally drugged. And it's not because I was, it's because I was so out of it because I was so tired. I just dropped right to sleep. That's it. It was just one of those weeks I was just like, I'm done mm-hmm. with everything. Hard time coming out of being asleep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just woke up. For, I, before you guys come over, <laughs> I woke up from a nap because I've uh, did some recording today with my brother Neil. So we'll have some midweeks coming up with my brother Neil. Hi, Neil. Yeah. Hi, Neil. But um, but yeah, yeah. Just, I'm very. I'm still in a liminal state. Are you guys actually here? Yeah, we are actually here. <laughs> <laughs> you, ever, you ever have that where you wake up and then you, oh god or actually you, you dream that you wake up and then you wake up and mm-hmm. oh no oh yeah <laughs> and you're like what the hell i, I already, hmm. I already you... did this damn it <laughs> what do you mean i'm Not doing again. this again god why it's groundhog day, groundhog day yeah. 
Anyway, super high energy episode. Well, it is <laughs> for Give me. Give it a minute. It, it is be. for me because, you know. oh, this might be the one where we get hate mail. Oh, yeah. Kate's, uh, Kate's got a head of steam on this one. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys think you've seen me get pissed off? You guys? Oh, no. No, no. Remember, no. Actually, just, I, just turn your head when you yell. We'll peek. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the first part's not not that bad for you. Oh, no, it is. Because I have some strong opinions. Yes, but it's not that bad as compared to how the second part for next time will be. Yeah, this is a two-parter, you guys. Because, you know, I mean, the the 90s. The 90s, I mean, you know, when I think of the 90s, I think of flannel. I think of Nirvana. I think about, you know, wearing ripped jeans and chucks. I think about... Jeremy Spoken... I think about, you know, smoking clothes with my friends, you know, hanging out, doing some questionable things that I won't talk about here because every once in a while, my mom listens to the podcast and I'm not having this discussion. Mm. (laughs) I'm just not going to do that. But, you know, in the 90s. You already said you were smoking cloves too late now. She already knew about that. sinner. Oh, shut your mouth. (laughs) So, I mean. They're just too expensive. Yeah, man, they smell so good. They really smell so good. They leave that yellow shit inside your nose. Oh God, I know. <laughs> but God you're damn, to smoke they them smell with your good. mouth though. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but man, they smell so good. They tasted so good. Yeah, yeah. But you know, also in the nineties, we started having a real uptick mm-hmm. in school shootings. Especially around here. Yeah, which was oh yeah unusual. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in January of 1993, 1993 happens to be the year that I graduated from high school. Yes, I just told you how old I was. Congratulations, you can do math. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, on a Monday, no less. So please do not start singing the Boomtown Rats. I don't like Mondays. Don't do it. I don't want to hear it. Um, Scott Pennington took a 38 revolver owned by his father, brought it to school, concealed in his duffel bag. At 2.45 p.m., he walked into his seventh period English class and shot at Deanna McDavid, his English teacher. The first shot missed. Mm-hmm. And she said, Scott, what are you doing? Hmm. To which he replied, shut up, bitch. And then shot her in the forehead. Wow. Which was fatal. Mm-hmm. Um, the students in class thought this was an act that Mrs. McDavid had arranged for her drama club. Hmm. I mean, this yeah. is 1993. We're like, uh, really? Well, it's drama club. I mean, right there. It doesn't matter what year. Oh, yeah. You know, they're like, what is going on here? Uh, the school, the head school custodian, Marvin Hicks, and the sto- and a social studies teacher, Jack Calhoun, entered the classroom to investigate. Pennington fatally shot Mr. Hicks in the abdomen, aimed the pistol at uh, Mr. Calhoun without shooting him. Uh, per witnesses, Mr. Hicks had pushed a female student out of harm's way before he was shot. Hmm. Uh, one student, Mandy Morse, was so afraid she would be killed that she wrote a farewell letter to her family. Uh, some students recall 
uh, Scott Pennington threatening to commit suicide. Others uh, recall him telling the class uh, that he would uh, kill other students. Uh, he held them hostage for about 30 minutes hmm. before allowing two students to leave the classroom. And then he started to let them leave in groups of two every minute and allowed the last five to, re- to leave at 3.01 p.m. He then walked outside of the classroom and surrendered to two police officers waiting in the hallway adjacent to the classroom. And I was like, what? Because I, I don't remember hearing about this one. Right. Um. So, I mean, most of this comes from Wikipedia. I'll be right. upfront with this. Most of this comes from Wikipedia. It's just like, because I was looking up Kentucky school shootings in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I never heard of this one. So, you know, I started reading on this and I started reading the background and I'm like, what? Really? So apparently Scott Pennington, he was a smart kid, but he was unhappy about moving with his family from Elliott County, Kentucky to Carter County, Kentucky. Elliott County is definitely Eastern Kentucky, Carter County. Uh, this was in Grayson, Kentucky, and I'm not sure where Grayson, Kentucky I've heard is. Of it. I have two, but I don't really know where it is. I probably could look it up if I really wanted to. Right. I'm sure and Kevin is going directly to Google Maps. The family lived in abject poverty. Right. No question about that. When it's described as lacking sufficient plumbing or electricity, that is abject poverty, kids. Yes. That means that, you know, they don't have running water. That means that they don't have electricity. That means that, you know, you're basically living in a tar paper shack. Right. Which is more common than you think even today. Uh, Yes, it is. And, you know... His father, Gary, uh, was disabled due to a coal mining accident. His mother, Esta... As as is tradition. uh, Yes. Was a housewife, and they lived off of his daddy's disability check. Which probably wasn't a bunch. Uh, No. No. So, uh, Scott was an academically gifted kid on the academic team since fifth grade winning the Eastern Kentucky Regional Science Competition in the 7th grade, Uh, went to Elliott County High School from grades 9 through 11, and taught himself calculus in his freshman year. This was not a dumb kid. Right. Oh, we found Grayson? Where's Grayson at? It's about middle of Kentucky. It's more western middle. It's central Kentucky. Western central. It's uh, Litchfield? Litchfield? Litchfield. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Litchfield. Okay. It's the capital. Not the capital, but... All right. The county seat. The county seat. Oh, it is in central Kentucky. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's west of Elizabethtown. All right. Okay. That's why Grayson is familiar, because we drive past it going to Louisville. Mm. So, uh, this was a smart kid. This was, I mean, smart kid living in poverty. hmm You know, daddy's a disabled coal miner. Mm-hmm. Mama's a housewife, probably with minimal education at best. Mm-hmm. Um, they moved from eastern Kentucky to central Kentucky. He joined the academic team at East Carter. And uh, after Mrs. McDavid gave him a C as his midterm grade in English, hmm. 
for an essay he had written about Stephen King's novel Rage. Hmm. Rage is one of the Bachman books written right, under, right. A, well, for people who don't know, written under the pseudonym Richard Bachman. Yeah. Rage is a, a novel. It's actually a novella about right. um, a, a kid named Charlie Decker. Who, yeah, I think um, I read it about that time. Yeah. I, I, I've read it more than once. Mm, um, same. Who um, brings his father's gun to school, mm-hmm. shoots his teacher. In class, holds the class hostage, and uh, I am trying really hard to remember the outcome. I, I think he ends up in a mental institution. Right, right. You know, the only Bachman book I remember is Running Man. So. <laughs> yeah, Running Man is one of the Bachman books. So is The Long Walk. Yeah, The Long Walk. Right. I remember that one? Mm-hmm. That was mm, that's rough. Um. But he wrote an essay about Stephen King's rage. She gave him a C as a midterm grade in English, and he had a grudge on after that. Yeah. Um, but um, because of his essay on the novel, uh, but after the shooting, he said he didn't really dislike her, but his intention was to kill two people to become eligible for the death penalty. Huh. Kiddo. When you kill one, you're eligible for the death penalty. Right. Especially if you have killed someone after planning it out. Yeah, it's, well, it's just teenager logic. Mm-hmm. Um, because of his essay um, on the novel Rage and actions similar to the main character, Charlie Decker's. Right. All Stephen King books were removed from the high school li- from the high school until recently. Huh. This is 2019. So when they were when they finally added a few back into the library, hmm. I'll guarantee you, Rage is not one of them. Yeah, and, that, and there's another reason for that. So eventually, after being indicted for two counts of second degree murder and 22 counts of kidnapping, because he held the rest of the yeah. class hostage, um. He went to trial on February 9th of 1995. He pled guilty but mentally ill and was convicted and sentenced to life without parole for 25 years. Uh, He was at the Kentucky State Penitentiary in Eddyville until he assaulted um, Joanne Smith, who was a contract food service employee, on April 12th of 2014. You can't do that. Right. You can't do that for a variety of reasons. One of the one of them being you can't assault people. One right. of, another one being if you assault an employee of the penitentiary, that's a felony. Mm-hmm. In July of 2015, he was convicted of first degree assault, which is a class B felony, and he was transferred to the Kentucky State Reformatory at LaGrange, where he remains. Mm. So you know, this one says he was guilty but mentally ill. Apparently, there's nothing to suggest that he was mentally ill. He was just a pissed off kid. Right. Which just makes me go, okay, no. No. Uh-uh. But the other one that everybody has probably heard of is Heath High School. Yeah. December 1st, 1997. That's in the pocket for me, yeah. Yeah, 
you you were still in high school, weren't you? Yep, ninety. I graduated in ninety nine. Yeah, you and you and my brother both did, because I was well. Emily was three, so I had a three year old by then. Jesus. Um. For at Heath High School, Michael Carneal, who was a fourteen year old freshman, wrapped a shotgun and a rifle in a blanket and took them to school claiming that they were uh, an art project. And he also had a loaded Ruger MK2 22 pistol in his backpack, and he rode to school with his sister. So at some point, a teacher or some authority figure at the school stopped this kid with a rifle and a shotgun. Right. And he got away with, because they're wrapped in a blanket, it's an art project. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many art projects that involve firearms. Right. I mean, when I was in high school, it wasn't uncommon for people to go deer hunting in the morning right. and then come to school and have the deer rifle in the truck. In the truck, right? right. But not in the parking not lot. Not in the school. Yeah, not, not, not in, in the, the school. school. Yeah. And you know what? Whoever this authority figure was, is they obviously also didn't bother to check to make sure they weren't loaded. Right. Mm-mm. Right. No. I mean, that's just as an adult. Well, how how would you think that was was fine? It just it, it, it's just one of those beyond your reality things. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, understand. I, whoever how, that was, I want I would want to pick their brain and figure out why. Yeah, I don't understand how you thought this was okay. Yeah, I mean, again, not not to. Again, I wonder the same thing you do, but no one wakes up thinking them. Well, today's the day we're going to have a school shooting, right? So, yeah, true. Yeah. Today's, today's the day when these series of events I have to be vigilant for. Right, right. but at the same time, if you're in some place and someone brings in yeah. firearms. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. You and th- you're an authority figure in that. One of your guys comes to, to your workplace, brings a rifle into work. Mm-hmm. There's been way too many you know, employment place-based right. shoot, right. shootings. Workplace shootings, yeah. yeah, yeah and if yeah. you were to go, hey, what's up with the rifle? Yeah, exactly. They go, art project. Uh, I'm going to go clean a filter I with know. this. I know, yeah. You'd be like, oh, okay, whatever, go right. ahead. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, maybe it's yeah. just because of the way that this stuff like this has happened that we start thinking this way more, but yeah. because I can't tell you how I thought mm-hmm. back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, with the, we, the, the normalization of it. Right. Yeah, you know, that was 97. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I mean that that's one of those things where it's just we di- we aren't. Well, I think that um, Jonesboro Middle School was in '96. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was when that was Jonesboro, Arkansas, when two middle school boys pulled the fire alarm, went outside and waited for their classmates to start that. coming out. I remember that, and they started shooting them. And one of them wasn't even very old. Neither of them was very old. I mean, one they of them were was, like eleven and thirteen. That's right, the eleven-year-old. Yeah, yeah, they were eleven and thirteen. Right, and I'm like. I can't even wrap my brain around that right. one. And then here we have a 14-year-old, and this is in West Paducah, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So this is at the very western end of the state, you know, pretty much. I mean, right. the farthest west you can go is Fulton. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, so when Michael Carniel arrived at school at approximately 7.45 in the morning, he put in earplugs. Hmm. Yeah, he put in earplugs, took the time to put in earplugs, took the pistol out of his bag, fired eight rounds in quick succession at a prayer group. Bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. They were having prayer group. Killed three girls and wounded five other students. 
Survivor Brittany Thomas said that when she turned around during the shooting, she was kind of facing down the barrel of the gun. But nobody knows if that how true that story really right, is. Right. Benjamin Strong, a member of the prayer group, testified in court later that Cornell dropped the gun of his own accord after the shooting, placing the pistol on the ground and surrendering to the principal, Bill right. Bond. So, the victims who were killed... Sorry, but we're going to remember the victims mm-hmm. here. That's just all there is to it. Oh, yeah. 14-year-old Nicole Hadley. She was a member of the marching band and the freshman basketball team. She was kept alive until 10 p.m. that evening to allow her organs to be harvested for donation. Mm. 17-year-old Jessica James, another member of the marching band, died in surgery that afternoon at Western Baptist Hospital. 15-year-old Casey Steger, a clarinetist in the marching band, member of the Agape Club and the softball team. She died at Lord's Hospital about 45 minutes after the shooting. The kids who were wounded, Shelly Shaberg, 17, voted Miss Heath High by the senior class. She was also elected homecoming queen. Even though her injury sustained in the shooting kept her from basketball, her college honored her basketball scholarship, and eventually she went on to play college soccer. Hmm. Missy Jenkins, 15, president of the Future Homemakers of America, paralyzed after being shot in the chest. Hmm. She appeared in numerous national and local television shows and two commercials for the educational channel Channel One News. Kelly Hard Alsip, 16, member of the softball team and the Future Homemakers of America. She transferred to the local Catholic school a year after the shooting. Can't blame her. Holland Home, 14. Academic team, Spanish club, and science Olympiad. In his valedictory speech at the graduation of the class of 2001, he reminded them that they had lost not one, but two class members on December 1st, 1997, Nicole Hadley and Michael Carneal. He has been involved with an organization that encourages students to speak up if they know of threats against schools or students. Craig Keene, 15, member of the Agape Club, the marching band, and the basketball team. So, the shooter, Michael Carneal, when he was interviewed, because for some reason we interviewed school shooters then, told reporters that he couldn't give a single explanation for why. Wait, this is this was a, a news interview, not a Yes. not a not a detective interview. No. What the Okay, keep going. Yeah, cuz like I said, for some reason in the 90s we were interviewing school shooters. Hmm. Um there were apparently several contributing factors. Um a mistaken belief that his parents didn't love him. Hmm. Taunting from his classmates. And false claims that he was gay. I'm just going to stop right there. Because you know what? There's been lots of us that have had to put up with a lot of shit from our classmates when Mm. we were in high school. And we didn't go shoot at them. Yeah. I had a miserable time in high school. A miserable time. And I'm not going to go into it. But uh, You didn't shoot anybody. No, I did not. I didn't really think about it. But I... Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Weeks before the incident, he stole a thirty-eight handgun from his parents' room and tried to sell it. Another student <laughs> took the gun and threatened to tell police 
if he didn't hand it over. Before the shooting, he broke into a neighbor's home and stole four twenty-two rifles, one thirty thirty rifle, twenty-two and twelve gauge ammunition, earplugs, a Ruger twenty-two pistol, several twenty-two magazines, and he also stole two shotguns from his father's closet and hid them under his bed. Where were his parents? Not around, obviously. Thank you. Because, I mean, really? You didn't notice? Really? How in the hell did you not notice this? I'm sorry. When Emily was that age, I knew where she was, what she was doing, and who she was with. And not because I was a helicopter mom. You didn't hear the whirring of the helicopter blades every time I was around her. But because I was a responsible parent and I knew where she was, who she was with, and what she was doing. Her friends checked in with me. Because somebody was the responsible parent. Hmm. I took them, well, I took a lot of them home. A lot of them came to our house. Half the time when I drove them around, they forgot that somebody was driving them around and I got to listen to all their conversation. <laughs> so I knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. But it didn't break their confidence. Right. So, I have to ask, if your kid is stealing guns from the neighbors, guns from your closet, hiding them under his bed, where are you? What are you doing? What is wrong with you that you haven't noticed this? And, and, also, apparently, per other reports from other people uh michael Cornell had been bullied by other students and suffered from anxiety depression and paranoia which manifested in ways like covering vents and windows while in bathrooms out of fear of being watched how are you not noticing this about your child what is wrong with you that you haven't picked up on this Oh, you got to remember, most people aren't in the bathroom with their kids. Yeah, and you'd be surprised, as someone who used to have deep, not not like being spied on anxiety, but kids know how to how to hide that shit. Well, and uh, to go back also to where were the parents, uh, I stole from my parents all the time, L- literally. I stole money out of a place I knew where they stored it. I stole stuff from them. I went out at Your night. parents didn't know if you were coming or going. Uh as part of uh, making your only son's bedroom the attached garage, <laughs> or the, the unattached garage, actually, because mm-hmm. it was—I didn't know that. Yeah, holy shit. Well, I and I, it was until I was a teenager. All right, I was you know not until I was a teenager. It was until it wasn't until and it wasn't until I was a teenager That's that cool. they converted that. <laughs> well, actually, it really was right because I had a huge room. Right, because my dad turned only like a quarter of the garage into his workshop, and mm-hmm. the rest of it was just a big room. And they made that my bedroom. Right, I had two beds. I had a bunk bed that stood seven feet up off the floor, hmm. and underneath that was a hideaway. It was a hideaway couch. Hmm. That was my other bed. But I had my own room, the washer and dryer in my room. There was the the deep freezer was in my room. <laughs> So when I got bored, when I got hungry late at night, 
I Stoves. pop open the freezer, grab a bagel out, throw it in the dryer, turn it on. Oh my for god, a I was gonna make a joke about throwing food in the dryer, but you actually did it. Oh god, yeah. God damn. Uh it heats food up real well. Oh my as long as it's bread. I only went for like right. bagels and stuff. Uh, I, just, I just imagine you just throwing, throwing a handful of uh, of uh, <laughs> fish sticks. Or fish sticks or pizza pops, you know, pizza rolls. This is oh the my. thing I really wasn't thinking about also but now, now that I think about it. If I had done something like that, imagine the clothes going in the dryer oh, after no. that. Oh, Why are our clothes got these weird oil stains? Oh them. man! I don't know. Why are there crumbs all over them? Oh my! My father was a warden. I mean, I mean, literally to us, he was a warden. He knew. Mom, mom had mom had her old lady spy network from from the salon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, I mean, they would they they saw me walking around town. They call mom and give her updates. You know. Oh like, yeah. And then, Look, and, but, but then dad just we dad lived just in, knew. Dad we just, lived in you know a neighborhood full of old folks mm-hmm. who knew my parents. Yeah. If I did something, my mom knew about it long before I got home. Right. Let's see, we lived in the city, mm-hmm. so in California. Nobody yeah. gave a shit about y'all. Yeah, we we there wasn't like out here where everyone knows everyone is in everyone's business. It's not like that in the big city in California. Uh uh-uh. uh. That is pretty much we don't care. We don't wanna know. I see nothing. Right. And then you get a kid like me who's who's sneaky as hell. I'd sneak out at night, and no one ever knew I left until uh, only one time I got caught, and that was it. I'd go out and the do one all- time you actually used the garage door. No, <laughs> the one time my dad actually needed me to wanted to talk to me, and my friend was staying over, and mm. we weren't there. Yeah, and so at eleven o'clock at night, my dad is leaving our house on his ten speed, <laughs> and uh, and. As he's coming down the back alley, we're coming up the back alley from whatever we were doing, mm. which is vandalism, actually. <laughs> uh. I when I was when I was young, my favorite pastime at night was breaking and entering. Right. Well, yeah, you've had this. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know I what mean, the statute of limitations is on that, but you may not want to say too much. Right. But I'm not. I'm not saying where we did it or <laughs> right. But you know, like I said, Dad. But my parents never knew what I was. Right. Up to. My my parents knew everything. It was terrifying. Uh, it's probably one of the reasons I had such an anxiety disorder. Uh, Look, well, no, I, knew no, no. Lot, I knew a lot of what Emily was doing, but right. also Emily talks to me. Right. So, you know, it's a whole Yeah, having a relationship game. with your kids, a whole other story, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my my I get something from my father, which is being detail-oriented. I know when things are different. It's one of the reasons I'm good at my job. Yeah. Dad knew when we did things. Dad knew when someone had been in the garage. No, that listen. We knew where Dad's guns were. Dad had, Dad had some break open shotguns. One good Wingmaster pump shotgun, mm-hmm. uh, and some twenty two rifles. Uh, he knew where they were. We knew where they were. He told us where they were. Right. And he said, "I know when they've been moved." So we never fucked with his guns. <laughs> right. <laughs> you well, know. I mean, with Emily though, it's like she talked to me. And her friends trusted me enough right. to come and talk to me. Right. So I really valued that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, so I, I was not going to be that person who was like, I'm going to tell your parents everything that you're doing. I was that person who was like, look, this is not safe for you to do. This is not good for you to do. So, okay, we're going to stop doing this and we're going to learn some safe behaviors. Got right. it? You know, okay, do you need help? Because let's find you some some kind of help, okay? Because you you this is not good behavior for you. Right. Th- this is not a good thing for you. You cannot live like this. Right. I, I, I mean, 
I've had some serious talks with kids and it's just been like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being that mom, you know, the mm. one that everybody talks to is, is kind of, you know, I'm apparently I have that face mm-hmm. that, that, you know, please, please sit down and, and tell me your life story because I still get that from people I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Which is apparently why I work in pharmacy. But but back to the point of, you know, where were the parents? Again, that's a good question because, you know, I had parents that were such in my life. Yeah. That had such a, a panopticon of my life, you know. My uh, parents were pretty present in my life. Granted, there were things that they didn't know about, but... They also were like, there are things that we don't want to know. And I'm like, that's okay. You yeah. don't need to. But yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine not, you know, he he took out his dad's 38, right? Yeah. How do you not know what you mean? I, I, I don't. Oh Obviously, God. dad collects guns, mm-hmm. not uses guns. Right. Because my whole thing, I mean, if he, if he still, weeks before he stole guns, mm-hmm. you don't notice for weeks that your guns right. are gone? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my parents, my dad would have noticed that shit. Unless, of course, you just collect them. This is nice. I'm going to put it in this cabinet, Mm -hmm. and I'll use it maybe once a year. Right. Not only would my dad notice that, my dad would have been up mine and my brother's ass. Yeah. Straight up. Mm -hmm. And that would have been the end of the discussion. Mm -hmm. So, uh uh-uh, no. No, -uh. none of this, none of this. Oh, you took a gun from me? I didn't notice. Oh, hell no. Now, like I said, Dad would show us where the guns were so we wouldn't find them randomly. Right. You mm-hmm. know, we wouldn't find them and be like, oh, and like be like, oh shit, we know not to, we know not to, to open this drawer. We know we know not to go mm-hmm. in this closet. We know not to show our friends this drawer. Exactly. Right. And, he, and that was the thing back when you were back in the at this time. Yeah. Air bear, of course, hunting culture, all the kids around here have guns. Yeah. They want to see your guns. They want to see your dad's guns. Because it's like trading cards. Yep. Oh, like, yeah. Like, no. But kids didn't want to come over my house because I wouldn't let them do anything. Because dad didn't want kids at the house doing things. Right. Right. Because, you know, I mean, if there are no adults home and there's kids at your house doing mm-hmm. stuff, that's not good. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't playing with Pokemon cards. Right. So, you know. But, I mean, I don't know. My parents noticed that you know i was having difficulties with anxiety Mm -hmm. when i was a teenager they noticed this they noticed that you know i was having the headache that wouldn't quit and took me to the doctor Mm -hmm. and eventually i was diagnosed with you know migraines right my parents noticed these things I don't understand right. how you don't see your kid becoming more and more withdrawn and having more and more issues, and you don't do something about it. I don't get it, but yeah. maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's because you know, as long as he was quiet, not costing them money. Yeah, that was that was my dad's always philosophy about about other kids uh, acting acting terrible. You know, you know, there's always kids running around breaking shit. Yeah, dad, dad says. So their their parents don't get in their back pocket until they get in theirs. Meaning yeah. no, nobody gets an ass beating until it costs them money until it gets in their yeah. wallet. And um Yeah, Dad was always preemptive with that stuff. So Yeah. And like I said, uh Carneal 
that's the kind of schizophrenia. Number one, schizophrenia usually pops up in your 20s. Yeah, yeah it does usually but, pop up in but, your late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. And but, he was 14. Yeah, and but that level of... Because he was hearing things, right? Um, he was having paranoid delusions. Right. He After the shooting, he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenic... Uh, paranoid schizophrenia, schizotypal... Um, uh, schizotypal um, personality disorder, mm-hmm. and then um, eventually it was just schizophrenia, mostly because um, the the diagnostic criteria has changed. Right. So he's been diagnosed with um, schizophrenia um, since his incarceration. He's uh, been hospitalized several times for... Um, psychosis which is what happens when the symptoms are just too much yeah you know you hear voices you see things and it's just so you end up being hospitalized so that you know your meds can be adjusted and such so you know he's on medication right he's required to be Mm -hmm. um also when he uh Committed the shootings. Mm-hmm. He had a copy of the novel Rage. Hmm. Yes, he did. Hmm. After this shooting. Turning to a catcher in the rye thing. Stephen King requested his publisher to now allow the novel to go out of print. Hmm. Because he didn't want to inspire further tragedies. And then he also wrote a book later on Stephen King did. Uh, again, an an anti-violence book, basically called Guns. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yes. Hmm. So you know, yeah, yeah, that was, you know, you guys that want to read Rage, you will not be able to find it hmm. unless you can find it, you know, in a used yeah, bookstore somewhere. You won't find a a new copy of it no. at all. You're going to find an old copy. Maybe. And you're gonna have to hunt. Yeah, that's and if you find it on like Amazon, you're real you're gonna pay for it out the ass. Um in October of nineteen ninety eight, uh Judge Jeff Hines accepted Michael Carneal's plea of guilty due to mental illness. He was diagnosed, clearly he was mentally ill. Yeah. He is mentally ill. But my, my, my point with that was that he's he's re- already reaching levels of psychosis of of you know, again, like lot, you know, covering up vents and whatnot. Oh yeah. Of um, that's the kind of stuff you expect somebody who's living by themselves. Yeah. Not someone who has, who has parents or even roommates. You know, somebody right. would catch. Somebody would catch that. It's just you would think, right? You know. But you know. Again, who? But then again, who knows how well you can hide that stuff? Right. You know, I. I remember having some weird paranoid stuff when I was a kid. Nothing, nothing like that. But you mm-hmm. know, you know, this is this is this is my a high point of my um, being scared of being abducted by aliens. Part of my yeah. life from, <laughs> you know, from uh, uh from too much X Files. You know, as, yeah. But uh, yeah. But I never voiced that stuff to anybody. No. My 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 fear of psychics. You know, my my fear of being abducted. You know, um, no one would have guessed that. Of course not. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's an apples and oranges thing. Sure. Yeah, but it's it it's still. But yeah, uh, and so under the plea agreement, 
Uh, Judge Hines agreed to accept the pleas on the condition that Carneal would receive a life sentence with the possibility of parole in 25 years or 2023. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that would be when he would have the possibility of parole in the year 2023, which isn't that far off. It's about four years from now. The plea, per prosecutor Tim Kaltenbach, allows Carneal to get mental health treatment during his imprisonment as long as this is necessary or until he is released. I can't imagine a scenario where this would not be necessary. Right. Uh, Upon turning 18, he was transported from uh, the Northern Kentucky Youth Development Center to the Kentucky State Reformatory in LaGrange. So he is, uh, when I looked him up, he is still at LaGrange. In 2007, he filed an appeal claiming he was too mentally ill to plead guilty in 1998 uh, and asked for a retrial. Prosecutors also appealed, and the Kentucky Supreme Court rejected his appeal. Right. In 2012, he attempted to withdraw his plea, claiming he was mentally ill, and later in the year, the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals denied his request, saying he should have made it sooner. Hmm. The families of the kids who were killed agreed to a $42 million settlement from Michael Carneal. Uh, how are you going to get that? He's a 14-year-old kid with no assets. What are you right, going to do? Right, right. His family's insurance company, Kentucky Farm Bureau, has repeatedly insisted in court motions that they are not liable for his actions, which I can see where they're coming from. It's not like, you know, he was driving a car and right. and hit a bus. That I mean... This is a mentally ill kid with paranoid delusions who, you know, stole guns and then shot a bunch of kids in the school. This is not covered under homeowners insurance, guys. It's just not. Yeah, I'm not seeing the connection. No. So, on the other hand, that would be who it would be logical for them to go after because he's a 14-year-old child with no assets. Mm -hmm. Even if he somehow manages to get paroled in 2023 and i'm really not seeing it right what assets does he have they don't make that much stamping out uh (laughs) stamping out license plates of making bird uh bird road crew yeah no and can't go after his parents because they're not at fault what Mm. did they do Mm. not a lot not a lot but yeah they still didn't point him in the direction of school and go make sure you're locked and loaded son yeah yeah. yeah, the parents in more ways than one were not involved. What a what econ- what, 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 the what, truth. what economic level what was that family? They were pretty solidly middle class. Okay, and you know by from everything that I can find, they were pretty solidly middle class. You know, not wealthy, but not grinding poverty. Right. You know. Yeah, they were American family. Yeah. Yeah, it, I I remember that very well. I was. I was in high school. You said it was 97. I would have been mm-hmm. 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And here's and here's something that's completely apocryphal. And, um, he was, was he in band? Yes, I believe so. My school that no, no longer exists, they literally aren't <laughs> building now. Had, it was a, a very big band school. Right. Literally, there was 120 of us in the entire building. Whenever there was a band meet, Yours and mine. Two thirds of the school too. was gone. I never, I never had, I never was mm-hmm. in in band, uh, and so when this when band was gone on a big meet because mm-hmm. they actually they they switched oh, yeah. the pipe, uh, 
I was just like, I guess I'm going to sit in the library all day and read newspapers. Pretty but much. But I knew there were some people that, that had encountered him at meets. And this may just be 17-year-olds talking shit. Apparently, they saw him being dragged around by leashes and, leashes and stuff by, by kids from his school. I that wouldn't he, doubt it. That he, he was, again, this is not, not excusing him. He was tormented. Yeah. And when you're weird and you're crazy, you're, you're, you are, you know, we, it's always, you're a target. You're ta- you are a victim. Yeah. Uh, then he became a victimizer, of course. Yeah. But we always forget that, that, that up to a point, some of these people are victims. Sure. It's, it's just when they tip over and they become a victimizer. But it's, yeah. it's, it is always, I will always say it. High school is a monster factory. Oh yeah, it is. High, I mean, high school is designed to create unwell people in my opinion yeah one of the kids at work asked me she's like would you go back to high school if you had the chance i'm like never in a million years no, fuck no oh god no uh-uh no no have the body that i did in high school yeah thank you i would mm. Mm, yeah well, here, i was like this big around well, here, and, you know well, here's my had this... perky tits but you know <laughs> me me too <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, uh, look, you guys, I weighed like 115 pounds and I had perky boobs because I hadn't had a baby yet. Mm. Still had booty. <laughs> Still had booty. I will always have booty, you guys. That's just how it's going to be. But I remember after, in 99, after Columbine, mm-hmm. and this told me so much about how schools operate. <sighs> Again, I ate a lot of shit in high school. Not, I'm not still bitter about it, but... I watched Columbine unfold on the news, yeah. and I was going, I'm going to be sending my kid to kindergarten? Hmm. Jesus Christ, what am I doing? But Is it too late to homeschool? The next day, because they, they knew they knew what was being done to me, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody in, in every teacher, every the principals knew. Oh, yeah. The day afterwards, the day afterwards, they brought me, the principal brought me into the office and asked me, do you, do you feel okay, Wes? You're not going to do anything, are you? Motherfucker! I, I, I was like, I was like, no. I number one, I'm not the one. You know what's being done to me every day. I'm not going to go into it, but you know what's being done to me every damn day. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything because they're because it's a small school, and the parents of these people are wealthy, or they're friends with you. You know what's happening, and then but you have the fucking. I didn't say this, but I've I encountered him later in life. Mm-hmm. You're the fucking gall. Because you saw that, that you know the nerdy, you know that was what that was the thing. All the you know the fucking nerd, the, the nerd uprising. The mm-hmm. you know, you're you're scared of me doing something, even though you know what's happening to me. And motherfucker, yeah, fucking fucking little half man. I swear to God, he just I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know, but, but like mm-hmm. I said, I never I never turned that corner. No, I thought about suicide quite a bit, but I never thought about victimizing anybody else. I never right. thought about hurting anybody else. Oh yeah. You know, I, I thought about doing a lot of things, but I never, even even the people that were hurting me, I never really thought about hurting. I just, you know, but still, it, I don't know. Like I said, it's high I mean, school. I'll be, I'll be real. In high school, I threw a couple of punches. Right. But, you know, even with the shit that I caught, never thought about shooting anybody. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, it's... I did throw I had some a lot punches of, though, I, but I, had I, a lot I, of ra- I never did think about hurting yeah, anybody. Yeah, I had a lot of rage in me, um, but never that. I never. No. I don't know. 
I don't know. But no. yeah, but yeah, but they know. They know. They always know which oh, kids. Yeah. And it's just easier to let it happen to them than Sure it is. Yeah. So but yeah, but like I said, again, it does not excuse the actual violence that, you know, the actual No. But high school is a monster factory. Sure it is. It is a, it is a sociopath uh, 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 express lane, really. Yes, because if you succeed in high school, I don't want to know you. Right. Oh, you were super popular in high school? Eh, I really don't want to know who you are. Yeah. Why? Because if you're super successful in high school... You just might be a sociopath. And it's, really, it's, it's either, I can it, see you coming a mile off. If you went to public school and you had a good time in high school, you were probably a monster. And if you were uh, a kid in a, a, the other type of kid that has a good time in high school is from like a religious school. Uh, and they're just really weird. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just, they're nice, but they're they're nice, but they're they're eh. they're nice. But it's eh, like eh. No, I'm just gonna sit you over here. Why are your eyes so glassy? <laughs> you're sweet, <laughs> but oh, sweetheart, you're so naive. All right. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> and, uh, oh, and in uh, early 99, mm-hmm. parents of three victims represented by Jack Thompson filed a $33 million lawsuit against two internet porn sites, several video game companies, and makers and distributors of the 1994 movie Natural Born Killers and 1995 movie The Basketball Diaries. Number one, porn is the only thing from keeping me completely popping off. That's oh, my God. <laughs> you pop off, but just in a different Yeah, well, way. yeah. <laughs> if it weren't for pornography, oh, where would That'd I be? That'd pent-up frustration. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I really don't give a shit about somebody's porn house. Right, right. Unless it's child porn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the FBI is watching you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, up to this point, though, this is the first time there's any mention of porn with this child. I know. Why? Why are we suddenly going after the porn industry? Because they look. They probably somebody. They got a hold of his home computer and they started going through his his browsing history. And probably caught dad's browsing history. Yeah. Just saying. Right. The claim was media violence inspired Michael Carneal and should be held responsible for the deaths. Y'all, you can't see this, but my eyes are rolling so far back into my head. Mm-hmm. They're going to slide down my spine and out my asshole. And they actually, they've actually found in some recent studies, and who knows, because the studies are always changing. But, oh, yeah. But uh, video games actually lower aggression. They do. Yeah, because you're getting, you're getting it out there. Yeah. If I come home from work and I'm super pissed off and I hook up Diablo and I start beating the shit out of demons. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Derek t- playing League. Mm. Yeah, well, number one, we, number one, anyway, we yeah, but, but by the time I'm done, I'm like, I feel so much better now. I really do. I've beaten the shit out of demons. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I've taken all my frustration and aggression out right. on the game. I'm good. I'm good. And hasn't there been a correlation? I may be talking out my ass. A correlation between the proliferation of, of the Internet and thus pornography and a lowering of of uh, at least reported rapes. I believe so. I'd have I to, think I, I've I'd, seen I'd, that. Yeah, I'd have to. But I'm just saying, you know, you're, you're, there's just different avenues for these urges. Right. But, you know, anyway, there's, I mean, yeah. I don't, I mean, I'd have to really look at the studies. Right. Because they're always changing. Yeah. And, you know, of course... When you get into sexual assault, there's still victim blaming and yeah, reasons why. Yeah. why well, that's another point. Victims that, don't come forward. Uh, that's another thing with with Carneal and the, and he he's saying that they you know part of one of his reasons was they were calling him gay. 
Uh, I mean, that's just that's just the the toxicity of homophobia. Yes, it is. I mean, and this was you have to remember this was 1997 and not 2019. Yeah, where you know even even in 2019 around here. Mm -hmm. Being out and proud is really difficult to do. Right. I have gay friends and I love them. But I I see the shit that they deal with. Yeah. And I'm over here like ready to go full mom on somebody like, what did you do? Did you did you try to hurt one of my babies? I'm gonna come over there and I'm gonna beat your ass. Yeah. Because this- I mean, don't I'm very very serious about this because I Yeah, it's 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 just dehumanization. Listen, there's a reason I don't li- I don't like the word faggot. Because oh, yeah. because that's why it was called every day for 4 years. Mhm. You know, I don't like the word cuz it was aimed at me. I could not imagine. Listen, for all the shit like again, all the shit I ate. And yeah, I am maybe maybe at 38 I'm still a little bitter. But You know what? That's perfectly fine. But I'm also the only living male from that class. <laughs> All the other men, uh, there, there were like mm, 12 people in my graduating class. I'm the only male that's still alive. Holy really. fuck. Yep. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. That's I, really astonishing. Yep. Or not in jail. I'm sorry. Either. Either. Either alive or. Not in jail. Oh, one, my God. One, one was one. Uh, one of them had had nearly made it. And then he beat his wife so bad he broke her eye socket. So he's. <laughs> I'm not laughing about that. I'm just laughing about. Ugh. Yeah. But but the point being, uh-huh. I was I was a straight white kid, you know, and the shit I ate just being within the proper Venn diagram, I couldn't imagine being an actual kid, a minority kid of any type, oh, you know, yeah. being a person of color or or a, or a gay kid or trans or whatever. Oh yeah, you know, because they would have they would have killed me. Yeah, I mean, they would have straight up. they would have straight up killed me. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But uh, so. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, I just high school. High school is a monster factory. Oh yeah, straight up. But the case was dismissed by the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in 2002, who ruled it was simply too far a leap from shooting characters on a video screen to shooting people in a classroom. Right. The same year, an identical case was brought against the same companies by the family of a teacher killed at Columbine, mm. and that was also dismissed in 2002. Right. So, but that brings us, you know, to the end of what I've got on these two school shooters. And frankly, okay, here's the deal. This is my conclusion here. Scott Pennington is not mentally ill. He was not diagnosed as being mentally ill. There's nothing about him that suggests that he's mentally ill. When you look him up on um, Kentucky Online Offender Lookup, he looks like a rangy little motherfucking redneck mm-hmm. who's got an attitude problem and a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. We were poor growing up and I was the smart kid and these other fucking kids made fun of me and my teacher gave me a C I didn't deserve. How dare she? Well, fuck you too, kid. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Right. And then he beat the lunch lady's ass. Right. You know, at Eddieville. Fuck you, man. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you mentally that an ass whooping won't take care of. Really. That's what's wrong with you. You didn't get your ass beaten enough. And you really just need to sit down and shut up. You're in you're in prison because you need to be in prison because you killed people for no real good reason other than you were mad at the world. 
Well, yeah. you know what? Other people are mad at the world, too. You're not special. Fuck off. Yeah. Michael Carneal, he really is mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, mentally ill. He is schizophrenic. This is not going away. Mm-hmm. You can treat it, but you can't cure it. Right. He is where he belongs. A lot of things failed in that scenario. Yes. In society, a lot of things failed. Yes. His parents failed him. Mm-hmm. His school failed him. Uh, society failed him. Right. Nobody noticed this kid being, well, they noticed. They didn't, they didn't do anything about yeah. it. This kid being tormented, that he was mentally ill and declining at a rapid rate. Right. I mean, excuse me, my nose itches. When you have a kid who is declining so rapidly that he is so paranoid, he's blocking the vents and the windows in the bathroom because he's he's paranoid. And that's probably not all he was doing. He was probably blocking off his windows in right, his bedroom. Right. There, there, there What's was... wrong with that? I did that when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I made my room a cave. There was, did there, you do there, it because you were paranoid that no, somebody I, I was going to get in but there, or there see was, you? There was some, I wanted it dark. <laughs> there was some structure to his to his delusions, though, wasn't, wasn't there? That's what it seems like. But even then, though... I mean, it's saying that it had a at, narrative. It at had, 14, right. to be decompensating like that, Yeah. Well, here's, that, that's bad. Here's my point. Here's my point about all of this shit, is that Michael Carneal... Shot up a school and we remember him. Yes. Michael Carneal, again, with the same background, same schizophrenia, instead of getting that 22, if he'd gone in the fucking basement with an extension cord and hung himself. Nobody would know who he no, was. No, nobody would know who he was. And that, and that's what that's what our society is. Yeah. He still, he still would have had the same schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. He still would have had the same demons. He still would have committed the same level of violence as just against himself. Yeah. Nobody give a fuck. No. So that, that says a lot about us. Yeah, it does. And, I mean, the issue that I have with Michael Carneal is that nobody takes any responsibility at all whatsoever. Right. I mean, everybody's all about, you know, oh, you know, we we remember the kids who were killed. Well, what about the one that he compensated rapidly mm-hmm. and thought that the end to his suffering was to shoot his classmates. Right. I mean, granted, his mental illness does not absolve him from knowing right from wrong. Oh, he no. knew it was wrong. He knew it was wrong. He knew that it was wrong to murder those kids. He did. Mm-hmm. He knew it was wrong to shoot at people. He did. Nobody takes any responsibility for the the lead up to this. Right. Where he was being bullied, tormented, called gay. Mm-hmm. You know, which this was ninety seven, you guys. This was That was that was fighting words. That it was. Those words could get you killed. Mm-hmm. And no one takes any responsibility whatsoever. None of it. Right. How is this acceptable? Yeah, no, none of the shit is inevitable. No. None of the shit is no. inevitable. So if you're going to tell me that, you know, oh, he was just going to snap, 
No, he wasn't. Yeah. Why didn't you fucking notice what the fuck was going on? Where were you? Where were you, parents? Where were you, school administrators? Where were you, teachers? Where were you, neighbors? You know, everybody knows everybody else's business, but you didn't see anything? Mm-hmm. Fucking liars. Yeah. You all saw it coming. You yeah. all saw it coming. But nobody wants to take right. any responsibility. Right. And, I, and I'll say this as, as the gun nut in the room. Yeah, it's his father's responsible because he locked lock up his fucking pistols. His Thank neighbor, you. his neighbors, his neighbor actually should have a right of of expecting not someone to, to, br- to break into his yeah, garage. Yeah, but if you have guns in your home, lock them up. Thank you. All my shit's locked up. Yeah, yep. and if if the other thing with with the, being the neighbor though is yeah. obviously the neighborhood kids knew he had guns and where right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he should have been more responsible at that point. Right. Locked him up. Yes, yes. I, I will say that we, we, we I, I don't want to get in the hole. Should they be legal or not? But you should lock your shit up. Yeah, I mean, have some have some responsibility for yes. what you've got. Right. Yeah. You lock. You mean you 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 lock your prescriptions stuff up. You lock. I mean you should. You lock. You, you better. Lock, you lock up your power tools. People worry about about, about the damn power tools and their damn. Uh, People put put the uh, chains and locks on their lawnmowers right, out here. Right. But yeah. But the but, but the they point, put their. Fucking guns in a bedside table. Right. What is wrong with you? And I'm going to swing to the other side, though, and again say, if he never got a hold of a fucking gun, he probably would have hung himself. He would. You know, and so it's still. You're right. It's still. It still wouldn't have ended the violence. No. It would have It would have made the violence much more, much smaller, but he still would have committed an act of violence against himself. Absolutely. Or or done something. And but nobody it, would yeah. have taken any goddamn responsibility for that either. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, even if he, having access to the guns, he could have turned it on himself. Yeah, too. exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just it was it was a choice to do. What oh, he most did. gun de- most gun deaths are suicide. Yeah. Right, it's expedient. Right, yeah. but like I said, he he chose the option he chose out of the two. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Again, he yeah he he yeah. he decided he came to a fork in the road and decided which fork yeah. he was ra- he would rather. Neither take. neither was a great fork. Yeah. No. He, he, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, the terrible fork I have to come to. Right, but yeah, but that's that's always my point, though. Is, yeah, yeah, you could you could you could remove everything, and they're still going to find a way if they're that wound up to commit violence. And it may, and a, yes, it may mitigate the scale of the violence, but it's still but bad. Sui- suicide is still violence. Yes, yep. it is. It's a silence. It's violence against yourself. Yes, it is. I'm not going to say my, I'm not going to be a fucking Catholic. It's murder against yourself. No, but it's no. It's, def- it's definitely an act of violence against yourself. So, you are yeah, correct. and again, and again, you know, it doesn't, it, I don't know. I don't know. I hate to be the guy that says it's a mental, a mental health issue. And there is a mental health issue in this country. Oh yeah. Yes, there is. Right. But, uh, you know, I've worked in the, having worked in the jail. Yeah, there is. I mean, yeah. I've seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with it firsthand, mm-hmm. you know, and there's not places that a lot of these people can be taken to so jail it is yeah and i'm not saying that in the same way that the fucking nra says says it is as a hope to brush your thing under the rug there's right. a lot of problems up and down even i'll say say saying as someone who owns a lot of hardware a lot in this country has to change about our gun culture right and and but, but also a lot in the country has to change about allowing 14 year olds to get that fucking weird right yeah and that's the whole thing is as a nation we have to be able to we have to not only be able to recognize mental health issues which we do mm-hmm. it's but being willing to deal with them yeah not just going well that's just wes he's just kind of slowly but surely going crazy sometimes yeah sometimes wes puts his fist in the wall yeah that's yeah. just wes that's just wes yeah. you know? mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Old, you know, that old guy walking down the street talking to himself, you know, and shaking his head and, you know, throwing sticks oh, the, at things. Oh, the cold weather will take care of him. Yeah. Cold oh. Drive him inside. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, guys, I'm just going to put this out here. If you feel like you are going to harm yourself. Or others. Or, or someone else. Call 1-800-273-8255. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They're available 24 hours a day. If you don't want to call and talk to someone, you can text the word HOME to 741-741 if you're in the U.S. Please, please reach out and get help. Yeah, it's please. Not, it's not all just about suicide, too. They know if you they, they know how to talk to talk with you I, I will say this i will say this is someone who is medicated who and who was not me out okay just raise your hand also me too but, but not until my not until my late 30s if you're a young person listening to this if you are, are an old person whoever yeah your quality of life is important even yes, if it is i never I, I once once i got past a certain point i knew i'd never kill myself but i knew i'd never enjoy my life right that is no way to live no it's not I'm, hey, Kevin has seen me mm-hmm. unmedicated and medicated, and yeah. the quality of life with me medicated is way better, is it not? And there's yes. no and there's no shame in it. No, no. there's yeah, uh, and so many people I've I've seen it again and again. Oh, I don't want to take this or that because it'll do this or that to me. Well, it may, and, you, and it's going to be a journey. Yes, it's going to be there, a journey to find what's what's right. Yes, but again, no one medication is going to be right for everybody. Right. It is trial and error, mm-hmm. and I say this as somebody who deals with medication every single day. It's always going to be trial and error. You do have to find the right one that works for you. You have to find that right balance. But let me tell you something. The quality of life that you yes. have is so much better because you can either live life as this ball of anxiety mm. or this ball of depression, you know, that has a dark cloud hanging over you. Yeah. Or you can reach out. You can take someone's hand and say, I need help mm-hmm. and let them help you. And then suddenly you're like, you know what? I haven't had a day where I've had a panic attack in we're, a week. We're not feeling like you're drowning or you're falling. Yeah. You're always in the dark. Yes. And if you do feel like that, you don't deserve to feel like that. No. There is nothing about you that means that you deserve to feel like that. Yeah. You don't have to. There is someone there who can help you. Right. Please, please get help. And again, even if even if you don't feel violent or violence against yourself, you deserve to live better than that. Yes. If, if nothing else, you deserve everyone. I, I, I kind of feel bad for Michael Carneal. He deserved better than that. He really did. And he deserved somebody. And now he's paying the price that he deserves to pay. Yes. And and a lot of people paid a price they didn't deserve to because of yes. that. Yes. So. But he could have had a better quality of life if someone had reached out and said, hey, mm-hmm. you need help. Let's help you. Yeah. Getting therapy and medication does not make you any less of a person. No. It actually probably makes you more of a person mm-hmm. it's admitting you know that your shortcomings it's admitting that you are willing to take care of yourself so don't don't see yourself as as broken or imperfect because it, in nature there is no perfect yeah thing. yeah that's exactly and 
and you are look, trust me, you're your you are your own worst measuring stick for yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's well, that's why you need to talk to people. Listen, I I do pretty good. I did not realize I was doing I've I've always I've always overachieved because I thought I was a piece of shit. So and here I am with my own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> with like every other asshole on the planet. And your addiction. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's a lot of money. But hey, money at this right point, you know, it's we don't consider you just a friend. You're yeah. family at this thank point. You. So, yes, thank you. Because <laughs> it's you- like when you come to our house, we're like, you know where everything is. <laughs> <laughs> what are you asking for? <laughs> yeah, well... And if, if you can't reach out to those other numbers and you want to talk to strangers, we'll answer any emails. Yeah. We will yeah. answer emails. We even have a Google Voice number. Yeah. What is that now? It is. In fact, where can't we be found? <laughs> where? Yeah. Okay. You can find us on Facebook at um, uh, Kentucky Kernels of Truth. You can find us at... Uh, Instagram at Kentucky Kernels of Truth. You can find us at Twitter at of Kernels, and you can find us at Gmail at uh, Kentucky Kernels of Truth at Gmail dot com. I'm trying to find our Google Voice number. <laughs> yeah, you texted it to me. I did. Keep vamp for a second. Okay, so um, huh. yeah, I sent up the Google Voice number because I realized that. Otherwise, I was giving out my number, and I don't always answer the phone, you guys. <laughs> well, I, I can I can take us to a little bit of uh, some stuff, but being my weird news story, weird, oh, yes. weird crime, I've got a quick one. Oh, yeah. And it actually goes along with our theme so far today. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. I may have deleted that damn tweet. Uh, that damn, oh, oh, hold no. on, hold on, hold on. I know what it I, is. I'm doing foreign yeah. foreign correspondence. I'm leaving Kentucky for this one. Yeah, we, go- let's let's have a nice little palate cleanser before we leave. This, yes. is, this, this has been some heavy shit. This, is, this happens in Harris County, Texas. Oh, oh Lord. And... Uh, I'm not going to, once again, I'm not going to read you the title, but I'm going to read you this opening byline and it should pretty much, pretty mm-hmm. much tell you what you need to know. All he wanted was some KFC, a smoke, and maybe a few munchies. What? Mm. But he didn't have a car, so he stole an ambulance early Thursday from in front of a psychiatric hospital where he had been a patient and hit the road. Oh, Jesus. That's convenient. It was an easy get. The keys were in the ambulance and it was already running, authorities said. Yes, because they have to do that. <laughs> who, oh, my God. Who at a psychiatric hospital leaves the keys in the car? The engine I think, I think, I think You kind of have to. Yeah. You're required to. Okay. Because if there's an emergency, you know, you don't want to be fumbling for the keys. <laughs> well, and the engine running, though? There's been plenty of times that I've seen the ambulance yeah, yeah, they, outside of like Cracker Barrel and it's it's yeah, yeah, on they, and they running. may they may have yeah. to drop and go. Uh, yeah, they're at always any particular time. Yeah, uh, the uh here at the Sherway in Providence the whenever the ambulance I always think somebody's dying in that in the Sherway. No, they're in there getting the damn plate launch. They just gotta park <laughs> yeah. out front and leave it running. Yep. Because come running back. Well, after picking up his chicken, he headed for a gas station where a Harris County Sheriff's deputy caught up with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I rolled up on him, opened the door, and asked him why he had the ambulance. He said he needed a ride, according to Lieutenant Linwood Moreau. He backed out, put his hands behind him, and I handcuffed him. Man's in jail, charged with unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. <laughs> but he, he was in a mental institution, right? He had oh just gotten God. out. He just got out. So now he's yeah, going he, to jail. He had been a patient there. Right. So I don't know if he'd just gotten out or if he was visiting. Right. Yeah. Come to see a friend. That's a, that's well. a But the headline was, 
Man steals the ambulance, goes to KFC for some chicken. Jesus. You know, I wonder if that'd be, if, if you can, that would actually be good therapy. And that's if, a 14 news article. I'm just saying it would be, be good therapy. Say, say you have a person in long-term care, right? Mm-hmm. And they want some normalcy. Why couldn't you just put them in uh, like an old cruiser that can't be opened up from the back and you just go to the drive-thru with them? If they're, good, if they're good enough to leave the building, if they're good enough, if they're good enough to be out. Because you know not, what they got at yeah. Kentucky Fried Chicken? They got chicken. You know what else they got? They got chicken. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Rest in peace, John Panette. Right. right. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm saying. I'm just saying. If I was going through a real bad time, it had to be. If I was, what, what what is it? The seventh floor in Hoptown? Is that what they call it? I think so. Yeah, going to going to Hopkinsville is where the state mental institution is. Yeah. Uh, it's called. I think it's called. The, is it the fifth or the seventh floor? It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, but the old joke was going going to this particular floor. Well, sending you seventh. I think floor. it was the seventh floor. Seventh floor in Hoptown. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. at the jail it was sending him to Western State. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yep. Uh, uh, That's yeah, what yeah, it is. I'm just, it's like once a week, if you got good behavior, just take me to Taco Bell. Or Baskin Robbins. Yeah. Get some ice cream. Oh, yeah. Throw uh, 31 flavors to choose from. <laughs> that could be a problem. <laughs> oh, gosh. All yeah. right. So I found our, our Google Voice okay. number, you guys. There you go. Back to Because it's not like I've got it memorized. That, mm, look, yeah. some days I can't remember my name, so mm. let's not push it. Who am I? Shut up. <laughs> our Google Voice number is 270-681-2869. Leave a message. We will get back to you. We might air it if you're if you if you're if you're nice. Yep. Uh, if you're, if you're cool. I, I tell you to keep it clean, but we don't. So yeah. you know no. what's the point of that? I, I I did I did a couple minis with my brother keep it today. Respectful. I did a couple minis with my brother today, and uh, he's going to put one on YouTube because we set up a camera for his YouTube channel. And it was hard. YouTube will demonetize you if you use foul language. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had I had to stay clean for about thirty minutes while. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know. And I'll, post, uh, and I'll post links to all that stuff. <laughs> this is not YouTube. Right. So just remember, what I, we say around here, fuck, fuck you, you. I, I do what I want. want.